Path folk to the Final Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path. Where the gang's all here now. Yeah. Reunited. Yep. And it feels so good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're party ready. Funny thing is, that's the summer reading theme for this year is all together now. So All together now. Yeah. All together now. All together now. <laughs> if I've learned nothing from working in warehouses, which I have for many years, do not anymore. But mm. it is team lift. Team lift is so important. True. Especially Absolutely. if you don't want to blow out your back. It's true. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. We have the gang entirely reunited, the full force of the Knights of Summer. Woo! Back together once again. We are a small but mighty knighthood. Mm-hmm. It's true. Everyone, deeper in debt, but much better dressed. Yeah, hey. I have like five gold left. I have four! <laughs> I have four gold pieces to my name. My God. <laughs> I pity you, both of you. Peasants. I had Peasants. Needs. But yeah, welcome back. Making the comment and everything about us all being back together after our A-side, B-side episodes that you've Mm. uh, hopefully just listened to. If you're jumping in on episode 35 for the podcast, uh, welcome. Uh, Hopefully this will all make sense to you. (laughs) Yes. And feel free to go back at any point, you know. If you wanted to skip all of the the first book of this and go right into the second book, I mean, you know. I've always heard that episode 35 is when things start really getting good. Yeah, really, you should just skip always. Yeah, always skip to episode 35. I mean, sure. podcasts are one of the few mediums where people always say, you know, the ru- the beginning is a little rough, but if you can hang in there. Yeah. There's a bunch of TV shows all the time. Mm. The first four episodes are really bad, but. And video games, they're like the first, you know, tw- the first eight or nine hours, you know, but yeah. then it gets good. So well, let me tell you, by hour 30, it really gets good. <laughs> yeah, like I say this as a huge fan but the first season of TNG mm, not their best. pretty rough. Yeah. Not their best. But by the time you get to like season three, mm, mm, that's gold. That's when the chef's kiss starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one spicy meatball. <laughs> However, uh, we had just left off as our heroes after having successfully basically completed book one of this adventure path of, uh, of aiding their friend Martella in uh, dealing with... Uh, the Senate Gala, and then subsequently rescuing her after she was captured by the Brotherhood of Silence. The party had met with Princess Eutropia and had been knighted as the Knights of Summer, the childhood friends reunited together under a common cause. Nobles united for a common cause, as it were. Mm-hmm. The party had split their own separate ways after receiving a missive from Martella informing them that they would be uh, enjoying a fancy, uh, apparently, party, judging by the fact that probably multiple day party, judging by the fact that you need uh, like six different outfits for it. So uh, the party had split their own separate way with the ladies making their way to the uh, the princess's threads to pick up some uh, some fine clothing, whereas the gentlemen made their way to the dragon scale haberdashery to go After and pick going up their... to the princess's threads because we were told it was the prince's threads. Yes, <laughs> that's what you get for failing a gather information check. Yeah, I heard right. you were bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we rolled ro- the highest roll of that episode was a seven. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't oh great. My gosh. Yeah. We tried. The ladies took all the luck with them. We had lots of nat 20s. Woo! Rub it in, why don't you? Uh, you both, unbeknownst <laughs> to one another, went to the same stablery, although not at the same time, because the gentlemen had to waste uh, part of their morning wandering to five different places before they could find some place they could buy a suit. <laughs> My God. <laughs> That's what a failed gather information check will get you. 
Woo. And not using the concierge that they probably had at our, uh, yep. our yeah. residence that we were staying we in. We didn't need their help. <laughs> Very Classic man of men you. not asking for directions. Yeah, that's 100%. true. That's how we rolled in at 20. We just asked the mater d' or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, go here. And we were like, okay. But you had purchased your gear, purchased your equipment. Verity didn't die from filth fever. And then all of you nope. had returned back to the silent horse to uh, to stiff. rest up for the evening. Cornelius wasn't bleeding to death in an alleyway, which I alluded might be a possibility. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it didn't happen. I didn't know how that episode was going to turn out. So, <laughs> Jeez. If you rolled in that one, you would have been ambushed. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one would have been stabbed in that an alley. One, so you would be like, oh, go in that alleyway over there. Yeah. And that's where it is. It's like, oh, okay, What you want cool. to do is cross the bridge, go through the Crown State District, enter into the Narrows, yes. Yeah, it's called Crime Alley. It's, yeah. uh, yes. don't worry, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's, 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 uh, it's not what it seems. It's not really an alley. It's, it's more like a narrow road. It's actually pronounced Crime Alley. That's what they say, and then we go there, and we're like, wait, this says Crime Alley. Yeah. yeah, but all of you would return back to the Silent Horse, so I suppose uh, starting things back up the following uh, day, I imagine catch up with one another, talk about your amazing outfits that you've all secured for one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, secured for yourselves. So I don't think anyone's buying stuff for anyone else because you're all nope. you're all rich nobles no. and buy your own stuff. We're all adults. Yes, with our own mm-hmm. wallets and credit cards and all that. Yes, we wish we had credit cards. Some of us. The next few days are kind of you guys getting everything in order. Uh, again, I think a few of you have already sent away letters to your family members and such, saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm going to be a little out of contact for a bit." However, each of you are also administrators for your own lands even though the titles that most of you have are somewhat perfunctory, or at the very least, they're more titles without necessarily the responsibilities that come with them. Cornelius and Verity are both concerned. They have inherited the title of Baron and Baroness. Um, However, you do not actually rule a barony. Um, It is an inherited title, whereas you actually only have your own individual estates, much akin to the Count and Countess don't rule counties. Mm -hmm. They just have their own individual estates. Gwen actually was technically promoted to Viscountess, um, whereas Gwen is actually just standardly a lady, but it's because she took on additional responsibilities that she actually... I actually have a Hamlet that I actually have to oversee and do things, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, Verity would like to do this, but that's the not only, how it Yeah, the only, the only person with any actual responsibility then is Gwen. The rest of us <laughs> just get to chill, chill out. Yeah, you do have your own lands that you administer, but uh, again, those are a smaller area. I mean, Gwen would send letters. Um, she'd also stop oh, by yeah. and see Revelard and be like, oh, by the way, I'm knighted and I'm helping Princess Eutropia become a uh, grand princess. So uh, <laughs> be on my side, you fiend. Yeah, basically. Do we sleep three days and can I get rid of this dexterity drain that I still have? Or damage? Uh, yes, fortunately, you are recovered. You would spend the next couple of days uh, sleeping. I yeah. need to talk to Cornelius. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> well, I think Gwen had wanted to go and speak with uh, Cornelius pertaining towards uh, the mm. Verity situation, correct? Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. no. Suppose, uh, again, following the conversation, the one-sided conversation that uh, that Gwen received from Verity, which was somewhat evasive ding, ding. the day before. Verity was literally Cornelius knows what he did. <laughs> yeah, that was all we got. But what did I do? <laughs> I don't that's know exa- what I did. That's exactly what Gwen would ask Cornelius. What did you do? Because Felix said that Cornelius didn't know what I he did. I don't know what I did. It's been 25 years and I still don't know what I did. So if that's what she's saying, then she's still mad at me about whatever thing I said 25 years ago. I'm just glad that Felix was right. <laughs> and as a, in, in a typical man fashion, I have no idea what I've done. So what I'm taking away from this is uh, Cornelius explains to Gwen what Cornelius previously ex- explained to Oliver. And then Gwen takes that information and then sits down 
with Felix because it's hot goss and uh, spreads the word to Felix. <laughs> yeah. And then the only people that aren't actually in the know are the two people that apparently have problems. They're Oliver and uh, Gwen and Felix and there's like, they just need to talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's every story ever. Yeah. But, the, the, but then they're sitting on opposite sides of the table just eyeing one another. Mm, mm. I think glaring is probably more accurate on Verity's side. Glaring. Verity definitely probably glaring and Cornelius just sitting there going, what did I do? I don't think I'm glaring. <laughs> I think I'm just do? not looking at you. Like, why would I bother looking at you? They could at least play king or something. I mean, come on. <laughs> they're just staring. <laughs> he writes a letter to his uh, his seneschal and it's like, I need you to mail me all of my journals for the last 25 years so that I can peruse them. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I had to especially go find all of my correspondence with Verity when I was a child. This level of communication is not sustainable. <laughs> yes, yeah. I need you to pack up my letter desk and mail it to me. I don't <laughs> know how. Gwen would go to Verity and say, look, Cornelius says he has no idea what he did. Maybe you all should talk it out. He knows what he did. Slams her fist and then What's even the point of talking to him about this? And Gwen just sort of shrugs. It's like I'm just trying to get y'all to be peaceful so like our night group is cohesive. But We're peaceful okay. enough. Gwen's like, I'm fine with a will they, won't they. I'm just not okay with a will they, won't they murder each other in their sleep. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to be fair, Cornelius has done nothing hostile to Verity at all. It's true. Actually, you guys have been very supportive of, uh, everyone in the party has been very supportive of keeping everyone else in the party from dying. Yes. It's mm. true. Yeah. It's kind of my whole bag. It's still, there's still tension there. We just made a joke about them glaring at each other over the table. That's what Gwen's <laughs> trying to get rid of. She's just like, can we... Bring it down. Yeah. A you're few not levels. gonna. You're not gonna fix 25 years of <laughs> angst in one evening. That ain't going. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Gwen's just sitting there. It's like sometimes I do regret going scald and not bard. Maybe if mm. I was a bard, I could fix this problem. I can get them really angry. <laughs> All I could do is get people angry at each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a cathartic release. I'll just hand both of them foam bats and rage <laughs> <Even on. then, laughs> we, we do the whole. We're that doing combat funny. and working out our feelings at the same time. <laughs> That would be but, really bad for Cornelius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Cornelius oh, would be yes. dead, foam bad or not. I'm so sorry. But all lethal damage looped around. I'm sorry. Ouch. However, the week steadily passes. And what a week it is for Taldor. Despite the chaos and violence that rocked the Senate, remarkably little violence has broken out across Taldor that you're That's aware good. in the week following the Exaltation Day Massacre. Over a dozen nobles, mostly Utopia's distant relatives, have declared themselves the true inheritors to the throne. Yeah, sure. However, for now, if all of you are going to use a term for how things are going for Taldor, is the empire runs on momentum. Mm. There is just enough of a, this is the established way things work, this is the established bureaucracy and such, that even though there's no actual leader to the country, all the bureaucrats are still showing up to their job the next day. Mm. They're carrying on. Yes, keeping calm and carrying on. Mm. However, the few cases of open conflicts in the nation are mostly small probes into opposing claimants' territories and testing their dedication. In some place, though, words of the beginnings of the War for the Crown have begun to reach you. In the north, almost all of the northern Tandak prefecture has thrown their support behind Princess Eutropia. Woohoo! Sweet! All right. With the exception of the province's capital of Scathan, which is located in the eastern portion of the province. That's interesting. Grand Duchess Berezetta of House Falspar has thrown her support behind Pytherius. Mm. That's interesting. Huh, okay. 
the rumors here are likely because she is tired of the nations uh, not helping to protect its northern border against incursions from Galt, ah. which have been a problem that northern Tandak has been fighting since Galt's Red Revolution began. And surprisingly, Galt, kind of a chaotic place because they keep having revolutions, <laughs> yeah. somehow true. musters enough of a force to be a problem. Well, that's the thing is it's not even Galt's army. It's the fact that Galt isn't taking care of its own people and anything. And so bandits are crossing the border oh. into northern Tandak to rob from northern Tandak and take things back to Galt because everything is so terrible in Galt. Ah, that makes more sense. Across the Broken Bridge River, which makes up the eastern portion of the uh, the northern Tandak over in the Avon prefecture. That's my prefecture. The other prefecture to also border the neighboring nation of Galt, although they do have the fog peaks separating actually them from the physical nation of Galt, which mm. makes it a little bit easier barriers. for them. Yeah, a natural barrier to block things, except for on the far eastern side. The nobles there in Avon prefecture mostly support Pytherius, oh, um, as is the Grand Duke Royce of House Ringiana. Notably, Count Cypristian IV and the mages of House Mariset have thus far avoided picking a side. That, mm. that is such wow. a typical Mariset move, too. Wow. Cornelius would be able to tell you that they are only doing that because they want to back whoever the winner is and don't want to risk being on the wrong side. Quite yeah. feasibly. Uh, House Mercander has put out a claim to the throne of Taldor and has uh, started making inroads south of the uh, Falling River, uh, which makes up the southern side of the Avon Prefecture. Hmm. In central Taldor, because that's all in the northern portion of Taldor, in central Taldor has almost remained entirely peaceful over the last week. Hmm. Tandak Prefecture, which is just north of the Oparis Prefecture, so just north of where you are right now, and home to uh, House Corsina and House uh, Zespire, has been divided between Eutropia in the west and Pytherius in the east. Eutropia is particularly popular along basically the entirety of the seaboard, from Starbay to Jagged Saw, all the way down towards Oparos. And surprisingly for some people, um, because they have a they haven't been to Casimir. They're not people like uh, Verity and Felix who have been to Casimir on numerous occasions. A lot of people are surprised that Casimir has almost fully thrown its weight behind Eutropia. That makes mm. 100% sense. Despite the fact that the Navy's there, however, the Navy of Taldor notoriously don't like the Army of Taldor. Oh, yeah. yes. It's the ultimate yeah, Army versus like Navy football game. Well, we'll take <laughs> Navy in this case. Let's do it. <laughs> Tandak Prefecture is divided, uh, again, with uh, House Vort and House Losses form a uh, kind of a buffer through the center of the Tandak Prefecture, separating the eastern side of it, which mostly supports Pytherius, from the western side of it that mostly supports Eutropia. The prefecture's ruler, Grand Duchess uh, Caesarea of House Tiburon, um, as well as notal, notable nobles, including Duke Quintus Avelius of House Corsina and Duke Felinex II of House Zespire, have thrown their support behind the Princess Eutropia. Good job, mm. Uncle. Yeah. And uh, father in Felix's case, I believe. Yep. That's my dad. The northern half of the Oparis Prefecture, it's basically just a little bit north of where you are in Opara, since Opara is in the center of the Oparis Prefecture, is split between Eutropia in the west, backed by Lord Ramillard of House Kastner, uh, and Thank House Solari in the east. Mm. Good job, brother. Most of Kalzun Prefecture to the east of Oparis backs Eutropia, although its Grand Duchess Malia of House Denzarni supports mm. House Lossus's claim to the throne. Interesting, hmm. okay. The Porthmost Prefecture, which is further away to the east, basically it's south of the World's Edge, uh, the northern portion of the World's Edge Mountains, but north of the southern portion of the World's Edge Mountains, is divided between Eutropia, again in the west, and Pytherius in the south, 
and Grand Duke Thestro of House Briarsmith to the east. Huh. Oh, he was right. that guy Isn't that has that his, his own private prison he throws people oh, in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. What a peach. Yeah. Um, there's also a small pocket of support for House uh, Tark between them, between where the um, the River Porthmos uh, forms into the uh, South Fork, kind of creates an area that is boxed in that is mostly support for House Tark. Surprisingly, mm. fighting has been minimal there so far. Okay. That is not true north of the World's Edge Mountains in the Karis Prefecture. Isn't that where Hus- Hesklar is? Oh, great. great. Don't send your daughter there. Not sending her there. Yeah, I think you guys had a whole conversation about Felix trying to uh, page her daughter in House Hesklar. Mm. Karis Prefecture has always been a hub of conflict in Taldor uh, and has already seen large-scale battles between opposing forces. Wow. Mainly House Borand of House Hescalar, the Grand Duke of Karis, defending his holdings and positions from both House Fenini and House Nazizi. Uh, it's huh. likely that these petty squabbles are about local regional power and not actual claims to the throne. Basically, the lesser houses are using this as an excuse to try mm. to overthrow the more powerful house and yep. now become the new grand house of the prefecture because opportunistic. Uh, yeah. But after only a week, the body count is actually starting to build up in the oh, Karis prefecture. Right. That's not good. Turning your gaze south of the River Porthmos into southern Taldor, uh, Maxilar Pytherius has directed the Taldane Phalanx to crush any stirrings of competition from his neighbors. Okay, fair. The Moda Prefecture, uh, which is on the uh, the shore where Golsafar is, on the western portion of Taldor in the Inner Sea, has bent the knee to, high, to the High Strategos. Mm. And his home prefecture of Sofra backs him fully. I mean, of course. Not surprising. Yep. Yeah. Much of White March backs Pytherius, including Grand Duchess Vivexis of House Darahan. Mm. Although east of the World's Edge Mountains, the scions of House Q have strong support despite their tenuous claim to the throne. Mm. I'm sure Oliver, I mean, can you blame her? <laughs> like, House Darahan's so tied to the military. Yeah, well, and they're also so close, too. That's another thing. It's like, if she doesn't, then it's like, well, I know who we're going against next. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-oh. Yep. Yeah, the Darahan lands are less than 75 miles away from Zamar. Yeah, it's not that far. Which is where uh, Pytherius's base of operations is. Yeah. The southern portion of the Oparis Prefecture is currently backing House Fabian, and most of the Linigan Prefecture backs House Cyrus. Ligos, which is located uh, west of the World's Edge Mountains and east of the River Porthmos, is divided between House Solari to the west and, ha- and Pytherius to the east. Mm. Hmm. So for a uh, representation for all of you. Oh, do you actually have like support lines? Oh, that would be cool. Oh my lord, you Holy do. Holy cow, there's a whole mess of them. There's a whole lot of people throwing in their names and trying to claim land oh, and trying to do all the rest of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but it is mostly between Eutropia and Pytheria still. Yeah. Um, however, over the last week or so, one, you would not know that anything is going on here in Opara. Here in the capital, everything is just business as usual. That yeah. being said, Opara is uh, notoriously split right now, really just between support for Eutropia. And a lot of people, because they are a more popular local family, are backing the Solari claim. Huh. Pytherius is mostly considered, it's like, well, he is nobility and the high strategos, but uh, they are from that southern prefecture and they're, you know, kind of backwaters down there. <laughs> Goodness. Honestly, while the nobles war, most of the populace waits, unsure of what to do without a senate to actually declare an official heir or an emperor to approve new senators. Yep. 
as such, for uh, the common populace, it's mostly been a holding pattern. Although for these regions that have all of this strife that you've been hearing about, not surprisingly, many of the common people are being dragged into it. Yeah. Well, who do you think is fighting on these border scuffles and things? Hmm? Yep. Yeah. I just want to say, Jessica, me, for my part, I want Starborn to be queen. <laughs> I mean, that I'm would be sides. a big change. Yeah. I'm here for it. Jess is going for long odds. Yeah, for sure. But after a week, we get to uh, the fourth of Rova. We get our clothing. Over the course of the week, you've all gone in, gotten your various fittings, gotten some adjustments and such as you've uh, had your clothing delivered. By this point, all of you have gotten your uh, ball gowns and your suits for the masquerade and uh, your riding outfits, all the rest of that. Basically gotten everything ready for mm -hmm. your trip. The day finally arrives. Martella sends the same carriage that she sent uh, before to come and pick all of you up. Uh, Philippe pops down, brings all of you onto the carriage, rides you across the city. Oh, do you know where her uncle stands, the mage guy? I will allow a knowledge local because that's kind of like the local warden politics going around. That is 17 for 22. I roll a three for a 13. Gwen rolls a two for a 10. I don't have local. Uh, Oliver <laughs> rolls a four for a 14. So I'll give this to Verity. The short version of it is, right now, House Lothied backs the High Strategos Pytherius. Hmm. That being said, the day-to-day -day operation of House Lothied is not carried out by the um, Duke Hanavar VI. Right. It's He's Bartleby. too busy being the head archonist of the city. Right. Uh, or most of Taldor. And instead mm -hmm. is handled by his nephew, his nephew Bartleby. So Martella's half-brother. Yeah. The one that we spent that whole summer pranking. Yes, true. that one. Yep. <laughs> The very same. That's why I'm curious about the actual Duke. Um, he appears to have no concern about the politics of this at all. Huh. Wouldn't, isn't that nice, not having to worry about that? In his ivory tower. <laughs> yeah, what a privilege. <laughs> Literally an ivory tower. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, though, you uh, you gather yourselves, you cross the city, you make your way to uh, Arden's View. Basically crossing across the uh, Lionsgate District, crossing through West Park, up Worldbreaker Hill eventually crossing over into the Arden's View portion of the city before making your way down to the Porthmost Club. Arriving here, you find a beautiful structure. And it should be, considering it was once a temple to Shalin. Mm -hmm. However, it Makes seems sense. the temple of Shalin could no longer afford their, you're going to guess, bills or dues or what, and then sold it to a private institution that turned into the most exclusive club in all of Taldor. Shalin would love that. I'm sure she would. Again, it is done in a, a classical Taldane style, although it does have large stained glass windows. Most of these, um, I suppose, fortunate for the, the people that bought the structure, don't actually involve Shalin. They're just beautiful representations of nature. Nice. And as such, being, right. again, a former temple to the goddess of beauty and love. It's not surprising that this structure is itself a work of art. Hmm. Makes sense. Or making your way up the stairs. Again, I imagine probably wearing your noble's outfits since, you Certainly. know, yeah, we you are going to a, a fancy place. Our, yep. our nicest noble's outfits. Two guards stand on either side of the door uh, wearing beautiful, um, almost immaculate plate mail. <laughs> a uh, actual waiter steps out and uh, takes a moment, just glances over all of you in that quick, uh, you know, you all do the, the subtle showing of your signet rings. Mm. Notes who all of you are doesn't even say a word, just inclines his head and gestures for you to follow. Very good. You are led inside and then back to a secluded portion of the room. The acoustics in this building are curious. Mm. In the center area is a, for lack of a better term, a pulpit in the center of the room. Both where, when this place was a chapel, 
sermons could easily be delivered. However, it also provides an almost this uh, musical venue that it's a stage where if someone were up there and performing, which someone currently is, um, there is both a cellist and a violist currently playing, providing this beautiful musical backdrop to all of you. The acoustics are such that it reaches every portion of this room to the point that it almost sounds like the string instruments are coming from behind you as you walk through hmm. the room, like they're following you through the chamber. Cool. Another cool. trick to these acoustics are the fact that the voices of the people sitting at the various tables and in uh, small groups together don't carry Hmm. A strange trick of the acoustics of this chamber that means that a loud individual, a crying child on the far side of the room, wouldn't interrupt the experience of the music for you. Like hmm. they're going to let a child in this building. <laughs> That's a special child. Maybe, I mean, back in the day when it was a temple of Shalin. Hmm. That being said, though, as you make your way through, it does give a reinforcement of a Martella's desire to not be overheard, which yeah, seems to be sure. a constant paranoia with the, the spy master. Oh, I'm yeah. sure she'll have a chatterbox for us. Yep. Oh, we've got a couple of those now. We've got three right now. <laughs> yep. A large circular table is placed near a stained glass window, depicting a willow tree with three sleeping foxes under it. Cute. Cute. Martella sits at the table uh, and rises as all of you approach. The table has already been laid out with breakfast fare since it is quite early in the morning, and she gestures for uh, all of you to sit down. Yeah, nod, take a seat. Always seem to think of everything. Well, I mean, that is what I'm, again, not being paid for, but paid for. <laughs> I trust that all of you had the opportunity to uh, go shopping. Yes. Uh, took a bit, but uh, we got there in the end, right, Cornelius? Indeed we did. Next time, just ask for directions. Oliver looks at you like he just did not understand a word you just said. What? Because we got to have like what? a three-hour-long no. lunch because we asked for directions. Yeah. No, we had quick fish and chips over. You know. Fish and chips and uh, shaved ice. Yeah, shaved ice was good. Martella smiles. Again, an entire spread has already been laid out for you, and you can, of course, enjoy yourself. And uh, Yeah, I mean, Gwen's going to eat breakfast. Yeah, interestingly sure. enough, uh, all of your tea orders from the previous times that you've had tea with Martella are already ready for you. Oh, so nice. Because she has a mind like a trap and it's constantly absorbing information about everyone around her. It's true. I and mean, if you're the spy master, that's kind of a necessity. Yep. True. She waits for a bit as the uh, as all of you kind of had an opportunity to eat breakfast. Your carriage is being prepared and you have a journey ahead of you. So I figured now would be a good time to go over a few details. Ah, like and where? Where are you sending us? She reaches down to her, uh, her little purse, pulls out a little cricket. <laughs> crank, 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 crank. Sets on the table. Do you just mass produce those? Not mass. They are a fun distraction when I'm not making guns or explosives or brewing poisons. Hmm, very well. Fair I enough. do have a new poison I've been working on, actually. Huh. But that's neither here nor there. You're like I mean, the I Q heard, like, of the group over here. Poison? Like we're all James Bond, and she's Q <laughs> handing us cool gadgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all the different uh, double O agents getting the goods here. <laughs> Remind me, I do have some poison to give you later, though. Verity's um, like what? in a vial. That, in any other person's company, that might sound sinister. <laughs> it may be necessary for the task that I have ahead of you. But right. let's what are we doing? <laughs> Why do I feel like Cornelius actually says that? <laughs> Again, assassination, yes. Mary's like, I don't want to assassinate anyone. I'm certain that you've heard the issues facing Taldor right now. Oh, it's been a flurry of information the past few days. Yes, and I can tell you that if you're hearing it on the streets, the information that's been coming to me has been perhaps even more concerning. Lovely. We have a lot of enemies. 
As you know, the Ulfen Guard have locked down the Imperial Palace mm. and won't allow anyone access until Taldor has an official Grand Prince or Princess once again. I, I don't mean to sound uh, insensitive, but does that mean nobody is tending to the Grand Prince's body? Um, I should have mentioned this previously. There was a subtle funeral during this week. There was a, a subdued funeral for the Grand Prince. Basically, he sat in state, although no one could go and visit his body. Mm. At which point his uh, remains were buried, um, as is tradition, beneath the Imperial Palace in the Imperial Crypts. Ah, okay. Just the Ulfen Guard handled it all because they're not letting anybody else in. Yeah. The Ulfen Guard took care of interring the Grand Prince's body in the Imperial Crypts. Eutropia was allowed to attend. Oh, wow. A small consolation, I suppose. Mm. This choice by the Ulfen Guard has sealed away not just the palace, but the princess's personal wealth. The Stavian family, of course, as you well know, does have another estate, the Palace mm -hmm. of Birdsong. Yes. Simply three or four days north of Opara. And mm -hmm. compared to the Imperial Palace, it's rather humble, but Eutropia needs a base of operations, away from Opara's uh. intrigue and a source of income now that her fortunes are sealed within the Imperial Palace. And let me guess, your brother isn't going to surrender it. That is where some of the issues come in. The Stavens, as you well know, entrusted its care and maintenance to stewards two centuries ago, my former family, House Lothied. And with Grand Prince Stavian's death, Princess Eutropia sent a missive asking the Lothids to return her family estate. I imagine that didn't go over well. Its current administrator is my half-brother, Bartleby. Gwen sneers and sips her tea. Who has refused to even grant Princess Eutropia an audience. It's her estate. It's her lands. Doesn't she have a deed? Can't she just tell them to get out? You are correct. House Lothi does not own the land. However, they do administer it on behalf of the crown. In all practical ways, they are the oh. ruling nobility over a God. large swath of the county and have pool across the entire Tandak prefecture. The Stavian lands have rendered them far wealthier and more prosperous than my family's ancestral lands in Lagos. So he's using the loophole of you're not technically the Grand Princess, you can't make me leave. Even if though it's her family land and not technically the crowns. Technically, we have the authority to demand the estate's return. However, the princess currently lacks the power to force the issue. She doesn't have the men. And we all lack the time to debate it in court. And that's where we come in. Yes, I'm afraid I must ask you to return back to the Palace of Birdsong. Do we have the contract or the deed? Do we have it? The short answer to it is yes. Hmm. The long answer to it is that deed and all other property deeds and rights are in the Imperial Palace. Ah. So a physical of copy of it, no. There may, in fact, be more information in Casimir, but that's my concern, not yours. My uncle, Duke Panavar Lothied, is notoriously focused on his arcane pursuits here in Opara. Mm, yes. And left most of the noble duties to my father until his death and now my brother. The lands have suffered under the increasingly negligent care of Bartleby. Shocking. And from what I understand, the county... Um, beyond the fabled Palace of Birdsong and its gardens have fallen into disrepair. Its peoples overtaxed, overworked, and underrepresented. I've discussed this with the princess and we've come up with a plan to utilize both all of your skills 
and to get us all what we most need. Our only option that we see is to discredit the standing Count Lothede, rally the region's support behind Princess Eutropia, all while ideally improving the county as well. I like this plan. I thought all of you might. If we could weaken Bartleby's power base and woo some of his subordinates to support us, we could force my brother to bend to the princess's demands and relinquish the Palace of Birdsong. Her own presence would be too polarizing a force and would quickly draw Pytherius' attention and interference. And I am her usual choice for delicate spy work, but I am obviously a bit too well known in my family's lands to be able to move unimpeded. I assume Bartleby has a place to go if we do take Birdsong from him. I mean, my family's ancestral lands are in Lagos Prefecture. So he won't be homeless. Is it bad that I don't care if he was homeless? Regardless, I have plenty of experience acting as an arbiter in cases such as these, though usually there is legal documentation that I can work from. Would this be official authorization to enforce? As of the moment right now, we have not entered into arbitration over this. Hmm. Again, we're trying to keep this from getting tied up in the courts, which could take months to resolve. By the time that spring comes, we need the Palace of Birdsong. Hmm. Now, let me explain my plan. Hmm. I've come up with a... That's a misstatement. I apologize. I have arranged the perfect opportunity for all of you. Hmm. The Lady Ellis Bettany of Merritt County died nearly a decade ago, Hmm. leaving no heirs. I've been keeping an eye on her property, knowing that someday a conflict with my brother and family would need to come. I inquired about her estate again last week, the day after you freed me, and I learned that the princess could not claim the Imperial Palace. I was told it still was unclaimed, and I made a bid to purchase it, which was accepted last week. In fact, the same day that you were knighted, which is when I send the message requesting your presence here today. I've taken the liberty, she produces a scroll tube, uncorks that, kind of lays it out, of tracing each of your family connections to the House of Bettany. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, just just like you do. And drawing up a few documents, hmm. listing all of you as Bettany family scions. <laughs> all right. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. How do you do that if we're already scions of other houses? Well, it just means that you're related to that family and technically yeah. have a legal claim to their lands, even if it's through marriage or other Like, means. we're like third cousins or something. Curious, yeah. what are yeah. our connections? Very starts <laughs> yeah. looking yeah. over I was going to say, I'm very curious. Are these legitimate or These are all quite legitimate. Um, actually, this would be rather easy for Cornelius because I think you get a bonus or something. I for do get neg- bonuses <laughs> to sift through this stuff. So. Uh-huh, I get a bonus because I'm looking through hereditary things because I've been trained family lines. Half the time to search through archives, navigate government offices, review contracts, or otherwise work with the complex bureaucracies of Taldor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which will be a thing for you and Verity to eventually both apparently do. I know, we have these skill sets that really work nicely <laughs> we together. Do, we, if we could ever get over our personal issues, we would be a heck of a team. Yeah. <laughs> Out of your five families, House Zespire has the strongest claim. Oh, okay. Do I? <laughs> Followed thereafter by House Corsina. Hmm. After that, uh, House Kastner. Following that, House Darahan. And then finally, unsurprisingly, there are very few, um, unfortunately, there's not a polite way to put this. I'm sorry, Cornelius, but the Marisets are kind of a less of a tree and more of a circle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Barry makes a face. 
She glances over towards uh, Felix, which means that uh, officially, according to these documents, you will be going to Merrick County not just as a landed noble and guests, but also as the tribune of Stetchies and heiress to the Betany holdings. Hmm. Ah. If for some reason the most untoward of things should happen, um, you do have documentation claiming each of your connections. Ah. If one of the PCs should die, oh, it needs to pass to the next That's person. That's morbid, man. I mean, you gotta be prepared, though, just yeah, in case. Yeah, I know, but geez. And the reason behind this particular piece of property is... The Bettening Holding is near the center of Merritt County, which is where the Palace of Birdsong is. The Bettany Estate is being prepared for you as we speak, and your staff will be on hand once you arrive. Mm. Two of them arrived in Opara just last night, and are currently preparing your carriage to take you to your new holdings. I'm sorry, she bought an estate and then forged the paperwork, not forged, found the paperwork to support you being the heir of it. Apparently. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm rushing this so that you'll arrive just in time to make your debut at the annual Tanager Jubilee. Hmm. Oh, I love a Jubilee. Once you arrive, you will have your own estate of what you will need to look after. However, you can also use this as an opportunity to meet with all of the other barons that serve under the count and see whom you can sway to your side to aid the populace. And considering how poorly they have been treated for decades mm. now at the hands of my family to bring about a certain push for new, shall we say, more considerate and gentle management. This is right <laughs> up my alley, actually. Yeah. I love the idea that we're basically going to be like, he's going to be like, no, I won't give up the land. And we're like, you have no power here. <laughs> Sorry, no one supports you, with little With all, all of our, you know, commoners coming up with their pitchforks and their torches. They're not commoners. They're other landed gentry. Your job will be to make friends, learn the lay of the land, and afterwards do what you can to win the nobles and citizens' loyalty. Undermine Bartleby, certainly. Oh, delightful. But wherever you can, <laughs> try to improve people's lives and engender loyalty both to yourselves and to the princess, because we need to sway the county to the princess's side if she is going to use this as her base of operations. Mm, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, this is basically what I've been trying to do in Casimir for the last however many years. <laughs> oh, Casimir is quite difficult. Hence my lack of success. However, and this is extraordinarily important, don't let Bartleby know that you are enemies. Not until you are ready to execute your coup. Mm. Bartleby possesses the military might of the county. Right. And I believe all of you have at least passing affiliation. And in the case of uh, Our Lady Corsina here, slightly more than passing, at the very least, a good relation with one of his most capable subjects in the form of Baron O'Kara, whom you oh, met at I the love gala. Okay. Mm, nice. Uh... You do not want to get on the wrong side of the famed war hero. Absolutely not, yes. But if you could sway him to our side, that would be even more beneficial. Oh, his daughter was looking to squire. Anyone that wishes to may make me a sense motive check. Oh, dear. Okay. I mean, I'll try with my zero ranks in that. So I suppose Oliver off to the side. Wait, what? <laughs> considering this entire situation. What? Is the only person to fail this check. Okay, that makes so much sense. <laughs> this makes absolutely no sense to me. I have no idea what's going on. So I'll just go ahead and read it out for all the rest of you. Martella is stressing the importance that only once you are sure you have won over the hearts of the locals are you to take the Palace of Birdsong. 
Yeah. Uh, back for the Lothied family on behalf of Princess Utropia. Reclaiming the palace with the support of the people will allow the loyalists to not only take this, but also use Merritt County as an example of, of what positive be. change will await Taldor yes. under the Princess Utropia, uh, as opposed to Pytherius, who would have literally just marched in with his army and claimed it. It yeah. is our time for infrastructure, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> infrastructure. This is exactly what my shared memory was about. Doing good infrastructure things. Month. I, I love that it's like, okay, improve the lives of everybody. And you guys are like, we're going to build some roads. We're going to build some yep. dams. We're going to build. We, we're going to build. We bored poor, um, poor um, Gwen to death with a conversation about infrastructure in our A side. Yeah, oh, they really did. Gwen was like, what? I'm, uh, wow, uh, my condolences, Gwen. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. We talked about how hey, you know what, are bad though? for. That's going to be what wins this book. Yes. <laughs> I will be taking a ship to Casimir to meet with hmm. the Grand Duchess Cicera Tibran. She has expressed support for the princess. And as the ruler of Tandak Prefecture, we will need at least a, a tacit approval to hmm. remove my brother from his position. Uh -huh. I will also be debating the legal case there. However, this is one of those occasions of uh, to kind of waves a hand in the air. It being easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm. Our current plan is to claim the Palace of Birdsong, and then afterwards we will settle the legalese. As long as we're not well. breaking laws, I'm fine. Technically we're... speaking, you're just evicting an unwilling tenant. Exactly. Technically, this is the princess's property, and he's not leaving or abiding by an agreement. Exactly. That's so weird to be like, hey, this noble man is squatting <laughs> on this palace because well, he's reasons. doing it for his own gain, for his own, mm. you know, power and whatnot. In that position, I don't imagine anybody would want to give up something that's been so lucrative for them and their family. Then he should have done a better job making it legal for him to keep it forever. He also should have taken care of the property and his people. Ah, yes. yes. It's a shame they've been living under such terrible conditions for so long. And the family, I'm assuming, took some sort of oath. He's breaking it right now. Mm-hmm. It, again, is all a matter of perspective, and we don't have time to debate the legal perspective of that in court. It's all a matter of whether or not someone recognizes Utropia or Pytherius as being the rightful inheritor of this land. Right. Ah, oh, right, because of the adoption. Yes, it's not just a matter of the family name, but also because of the adoption. She sips her glass for a second. The princess asked me not to tell you this. Mm. However, she did not order me not to tell you this, and I feel that I must stress the importance of your task. The princess sold her townhouse to fund this plan. It is the only no. way that we could have afforded this estate. At this point, it means the princess owns nothing except for what <sighs> she is carrying with her. That was a gamble. Ooh. Utropia has also decided to make a show of rallying support in Mutt, Kozen, and Golsafar. Mm. All of you are aware that those are three cities along the inner sea. Two of them, the southern Oparis prefecture, which already leans Pytherius, and one of them in the Moda prefecture, which is heavily Pytherius. Right. Mm. Considering yeah. that, uh, again, they are very close to Zamar. Yes. And they're also, Moda is also the smallest province from like a land perspective. Yeah. Given the city's military leanings and proximity to Zamar, they are almost certain to support the Strategos Pytherius in his bid for the crown. However, more importantly, her speeches keep curious eyes far from you. Hmm. The princess is running interference for you to give you the time to accomplish your task. She has that much faith in us. Then we must live up to that. And if we stand any chance in this bid for the throne, we need a suitable base of operations and the steady income 
that once the Palace of Birdsong is back in her hands, all the taxation from the region becomes available to the princess. Right. We will deliver this to her then. She trusts all of you, and I do the same. And I believe that you can accomplish this task. It will be difficult to be certain, although likely not as bloody as the issues that you've been dealing with recently. You are going to have to fight your way through the courts of Merritt County. Hmm. So then, a couple of things. Uh, First off, again, you'll be going to the Tanager Jubilee. Mm -hmm. It is an annual sort of uh, Founders Day celebration. It serves to strengthen local alliances, bring together all the county's subordinate nobles. Uh, Local tradition claims that when Count Mercolian Stavian, back before the Stavians were the royal family, broke ground on the palace eight centuries ago, a scarlet tanager landed on his shovel and sang his praises. Mm. It is a day off for the lower classes, but the aristocracy celebrates it with a two-day event, a jubilee of feasting, games, dancing, tournaments, hunts, and culminating in the tanager masquerade. Ah, okay. Mm. Hence needing so many different outfits. Correct. Importantly, this means that you will be able to use the event to not only charm the local society, but also learn the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. Meet with the other nobles, figure out who can be swayed and who needs to be discredited. Mm -hmm. Making a good show at the Jubilee is an excellent way to win influence. We will do our best. I have not been to Merritt County in over a decade. And it's quite the pastoral wonderland, or at least it was. Olive orchards, vineyards, and hills, and ample woods to hunt game. At least that's something I know about. Mm, Yes. She produces a large map. (laughs) We love a map. Oh my gosh. This, she unrolls the map, is where you will be for the next few months until you can manage to take the Palace of Birdsong. She points down at the map. Mm. Is the town next to the Palace of Birdsong Lothidar? Lothadar. Wow. The largest town you'll find is Lothadar, near the Palace of Birdsong. But there's a village near the Betany Estate. She points down further away from there, called Statues. She glances over towards Felix. Technically, Felix, you are now the Tribune of Statues. You are its mayor. Nice. Hmm. Congratulations. All of the rest of you are considered to be, one, visiting guests. However, I have also had you listed down as uh, appointees. Two said statues as well as the Betany estate. All right. Overall, the county is perhaps not the best maintained as the locals would prefer it to be, but my father was a competent administrator. I don't imagine that my brother has completely ruined the county in the last decade, although I am certain he has tried his best. Hmm. The county is widely divided into four baronies. To the northeast is the Stavian barony. These are the lands that belong specifically to my brother. Mm. Well, these are the lands that my brother currently administers. Mm. To the southeast is the smaller barony of O'Kara, which, of course, is being currently administered by Baron O'Kara, whom you met at the gala. I do have an invite, a standing invitation. We could reach out to him. I think we'll definitely reach out to him. He reigns from the county's second largest city of Penseris. In the center of the county is the Voinum barony which is a large central portion, including the uh, city of Voinaris, which is where Baroness Adela Voinum, who will be, technically speaking, your direct superior when you're Mm -hmm. in these lands, as she is the Baroness for the region that you will be staying in. Mm -hmm. 
Surrounding the rest of the county is the Telus Barony, which I understand is the one that has suffered the most over the last few years. Yes, with places like Beggarwood. Yes. Oh, and Bugbear Wood. Fun. Hmm. Here, she points down to an area in the eastern, kind of the eastern, almost southeastern portion of the uh, Voinum Barony, are the lands that will belong to all of you. Statues, the Barony Estate, and the Statues Marsh. Oh, Marsh, lovely. It's a marshland. And technically speaking, the southern statues spur off the Merritt Canal. Hmm. All right. What grows in marshes? <laughs> Flies. Disease. Excuse me, I live in a swamp. Let's not talk badly about these places. (laughs) You'll hopefully be able to learn more once you get there, but unfortunately my information there is not uh, extensive. Again, Baron Nicolas Ocaras' lands are near your own. He's almost a neighbor. So hopefully you'll be able to sway him. Generally speaking, he has a reputation as a fair-minded and compassionate man. and would be an exceptionally powerful ally. Indeed, his reputation precedes him. I know that... uh... We already had some decent conversations with him at the gala, so hopefully we can use that to our advantage. Oh, there's a town here uh, called Moost with the Crab Estate. Ooh. <laughs> Moost. Mm, oh, there's also crab. a place called Newtown. Hey. Like I mentioned to Ross before, one, this book is the one that sold me on this adventure path. And two, this was the thing I was like, you could have made a three book adventure path just out of this book. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot here. Like just yeah. looking at the map, I'm like, Yeah, we could go out and clear out the bugbear woods. I only have a small amount of news pertaining towards Merritt County to share with you. You'll have to gather more once you arrive. Fair enough. Besides my half-brother, my sister, Catalin, whom you met whenever we were spending the summer together, Mm -hmm. is no longer at Birdsong Palace. I believe Mm -hmm. she's married and has moved elsewhere. Mm -hmm. However, my cousin Titus is there. I only know him in passing, but he is little more than a uh, bully, although supposedly a very competent warrior. I see. I will also state that my brother's skills in both magic and swordsmanship have escalated. I do not Ah. know if they're on par with yours, Oliver, but I believe he practices a similar blend of magic and swordplay. I see. Far be it from me to say, but um, I had a feeling that we might encounter each other again one day. (laughs) I only regret that I might not be there for that final encounter. <laughs> well, hopefully not final encounter. Yes, true. She furrows her brow before kind of shaking that off. You may or may not remember Sir Ghoul Gasserne. The half-elf, right? That was the leader Seneschal of the... for my father. Yes. He is still serving my family. He was father Seneschal. Bartleby, however, kept him on in some fashion. I understand he is now the Lord of Lothadar. Ah, how does he feel about that uh, promotion? She shrugs. I'm uncertain. I thought it would be some time before I needed to move on Merritt County. It was low down on our priorities when my goal was to make certain that the princess was going to be on the throne. Mm-hmm. Lastly, she glances over the map before pointing down is the city of Moost. It's a very small town, not really important. However, I do have some Uh, run-ins previously with Lady Crab, who lives in the Crab Estate in Moost. She is a outgoing figure and a very open-minded one. Hmm. Although I will warn some of you, she glances in the direction of uh, Oliver and Cornelius, uh, that she does have an eligible daughter that she has been trying to uh, arrange things (laughs) for. I see. So treat the situation with care. Or plan to get married. (laughs) Some sacrifices might have to be made. 
Please no. Anyone have any eligible children? I, I do not. do, but he's only 17. No, 15. Gwen's like, technically speaking, I could marry Bartleby and then assassinate him. Um, <laughs> Black that would not him. be... Uh, Gwen would be down with that. It's like, <laughs> that's what we have to do. I mean, everybody thinks that's what Verity's doing with her husband to have passed. He so. could just marry me and then unluckily die, because that's just what happens when you marry <laughs> Verity. That's apparently your M.O. Sure. You're a black widow. We just haven't, can't prove it yet. However, the other thing that I've heard, um, which has been particularly spotty, is that there's some shadowy figure causing problems in the county. Mm. He or she refers to themselves as the Night Swan, or at the very least, that's what the populace has begun calling them. They've been mm. stirring up trouble, robbery, vandalism, some uh, violence against Lothied specifically soldiers. Oh, mm. that could be helpful. They could potentially be a val- valuable ally, but... I don't know enough. They are an unknown, and I don't particularly like unknowns. Hmm. Well, and worst case, bringing them to justice would uh, give us prestige. It's true. Probably. Hmm. Depending on how the common people see them. Hmm. That's the first thing we need to find out. If they're beloved by the people and we could ally, that would be preferable. Well, that's what I have for you. Do you have any further questions? So uh, after the Jubilee, um, what is our timetable looking like? We would prefer to be able to have the princess in the palace by winter. However, right. it is not just you, it is also me. I need to go and make arrangements in Casimir, deal with the Grand Duchess there, dig through the papers that I can. I am also trying to... She pauses for a moment. The less you specifically know, the better. But I am trying to get my hands directly on our deed. Good. It just requires... The procurement of certain individuals, and I think after their rough treatment of me, the Brotherhood of Silence may owe me. <laughs> That's oh, wow, okay. Mm. Well, hire better ones than they hired. Well, at least you're having them do what they're supposed to do, steal things, not murder. It is important that we get all these documents and that we have as much information as possible. Once we lay claim to the Palace of Birdsong, then we'll be ready. I suggest that you do everything you can to aid the community. I will let you know when the time comes to strike. Don't move on the palace until that time. Understood. It will be worthless to claim it if we can't convince the local government to allow us to keep it. Mm. Right. Uh, If there's nothing else, then I suppose that's it. Seems we have a trip to make. This will be an interesting experiment. (laughs) It will be. Uh, Again, I don't know what the condition of the Betany estate is, however... Two of your servants are here to escort you. However, you'll be actually making your way to Lothadar first. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, as it is right now, Toil Day, the Jubilee begins on Star Day. Ah, this is Star Day. The Star Day. In four days. I've been assured by your driver, who seems to be a very competent woman, uh, that she can get you from here to Merritt County in four days. Oh, I can help with that. Once you've arrived there, you uh, will just need to prepare yourselves, make your way to the Jubilee, and uh, make a good showing of it. So good luck with your jousts and your hunts and your parties. Ah, It should be a little bit more of an active affair than the uh, Exaltation Gala was, which did turn into an unfortunately active affair. How is your jousting, Oliver? Mm, better than when we were children, at the very least. Well, good. <laughs> Verity's like, I look forward to seeing you on the tilt. Oh, God. Hopefully long enough to stay in your horse. The the, the champion match is Verity versus Oliver. We're <laughs> oh, like, oh. Yeah. Uh. Hey, either way we win, so that's pretty okay. That's true. That's fair. That is that's true. Fair. That is fair. Your uh, valet and your stable master are here to escort you. Right. 
Perfect. She stands up. If you are interested, and you may or may not choose to take it, she retrieves from her bag what appears to be just a bundle of leather. I have, in fact, been working on a certain poison. Now, it is not fatal. It does have some side effects. What does it do? I'm currently referring to this as stick soil. It's a carefully distilled combination of antitoxin, bloodroot, id moss, and various mushrooms with certain, shall we say, hallucinatory effects. Properties. It renders its target unconscious and floods every sense with erratic hallucinations. Whoa! uh, Overwhelming the mind. Um, And I have found it seems to be fairly useful in wiping away short-term memory, approximately three to five minutes worth. Hmm. This is this is the redo button if we're like, ah, dang it, we just messed that up. Douse, douse, douse. Though if the drug fails to paralyze its victim, which it usually does, it does tend to cause the individual to flail about violently and unpredictably in response, usually to the hallucinations. Um, I haven't quite refined that part of it out. I do have three syringes here, if you would care to take it with you. It's not quite my style. <sighs> Nor mine. I'll take one because that sounds like an O button. Oh, swing. Mechanically speaking, what it does, it can be injected as a standard action. It is technically a touch attack. Mm. At which point, uh, the individual must make a save. If they fail the initial save, they will become become unconscious for 1d4 minutes. During that 1d4 minutes, um, they may have to make two more saves. It does require two consecutive saves Mm. to actually shake it off. They are still under the effects of the secondary effect, which is confusion. That will last for 2d6 rounds. Jeez. <laughs> um, Jeez. which can cause them to be uh, rather violent to either themselves or other people around them or babble incoherently. Mm. Regardless, though, if uh, if they fail the initial save, they actually, it erases all memories of the last five minutes. Oh, part of mm. me just wants to stick Bartleby with this at the Jubilee and just watch him go. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. Just see if we, we immediately discredit him by like, look, he's clearly lost his mind. Uh, technically speaking, because these are in syringes and she has already loaded them for you and she has poison use, she didn't poison herself, nor did she cause any other problems. You can actually choose to like use the syringe to apply this to a weapon and then like shoot someone with a crossbow bolt. Uh, but that does give a plus five circumstance bonus to resist the memory racing effects of the poison. Mm. <laughs> ah, okay. Because they're like, Wowzers. I do remember getting shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the evidence is clearly here in my chest. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> shot. <laughs> right here. Uh, uh, but you do have three doses. Yeah, we should probably hold on to it. What is it called? Mm-hmm. Sticks oil. Sticks oil. I'm with Felix. We dose Bartleby at the party just to see what happens. <laughs> I assume it is very illegal to poison people. That just feels like it's illegal, right? It is technically speaking illegal to poison someone. All right, fine. Yeah. Felix is going to take it. I can't guarantee Felix will use it, but because I am lawful good. I it, Like I said, it, it is the, oh no, things have gone terribly wrong button. Uh, just start over. An argument could be made that choosing to use this poison instead of stabbing someone... Um, would be considered lesser to be of the two evils. Yeah, the lesser of two evils. I'll like purposely, take that purposely <laughs> just poisoning some random person um, mm. or anything like that would be a terrible thing to do. I mean, Verity will let you use it. It's just not something she's going to do. Uh, I mean, I'll put it in the party treasure for now, at the very least. Uh, we have three doses of it. Also, we shouldn't cause chaos at the party. What are you thinking? <laughs> We're trying to make an impression, a good one. Yes. Well, that's why Felix didn't say that. That's why Rachel said it. <laughs> <laughs> Felix is going to be on her best dang behavior. <laughs> mm. You enjoy the last of your uh, your light mill. 
Uh, again, she's kind of stressed that like you guys have four days to get from here to the palace of uh, Birdsong. Yeah, we so gotta we've gotta move. move it. So um, I have the Song of Marching, which is one of my Scald songs. She's going to be playing the soundtrack for you the entire way. <laughs> I can use my Raging Song to inspire my allies to move faster without s- suffering from fatigue. By expending one round of Raging Song, the Scald invigorates allies within 60 feet who may hustle for the next hour. This movement counts as a walk, not a hustle for the purposes of a curing non-lethal damage and fatigue. Wow. Every round I expend gives us an hour of this. Holy cow. We're all singing What Do You Do With a Drunken Sailor? Mm. (laughs) No, it's going to be a opera song. Yeah, their their (laughs) tells swaying to the beat. Yes. (laughs) Now, how is Gwen able to sing for that long without killing her throat? Who knows? She's a, it's magic. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's magic. (laughs) Magic singing. It's one of those, um, like those things where you can like play a riff and then it like hit a button and it'll just repeat and it the riff. And echoes over <laughs> and over and over again. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, technically the rules say you sp- you actually do mm-hmm. perform the entirety of the hour. It's just that you only spend one round of raging. The whole concept I think behind this is like that's that guy playing the drum on the back of the Viking ship thing oh, that's yeah. keeping everyone in pace and just going the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So basically Gwen's going to be the person on the road trip that has the window down, one arm out, just patting the side of the carriage the entire time, carrying <laughs> on a beat and Very singing good. along to the horsies. You make your way out from the the Porthmost Club, make your way out onto the steps. Oliver does want to, to turn to Martella um, right before we go. Um, and uh, um, really hasn't been much time to bring this up. So um, and I, I apologize for being blunt about this. Just wanted to to make sure you've been doing all right since last we saw you. I appreciate your concern. Been through an awful lot. It is true, um, not just physically, but also with with seeing years and years of planning go up in smoke, which has yeah. also been difficult. I can only imagine. It is a struggle, but we must all do our part. Fair enough. I am loath to work with the Brotherhood of Silence, considering what happened and I at some point need to uh, again I thanked all of you previously but I'm certain I need to thank Cornelius maybe a little bit more explicitly for putting an end to that uh, let us simply say horrendous clown hmm. yes <clears throat> but I'll see my way through and for now all of us have a job to do yes like I said I just wanted to to make mention of it and if you ever I'm sure I speak for all of us that if you ever do need to talk about any of it, you have our ears. You're a good man, Oliver. I try my best. But we can't uh, sit here and uh, I suppose talk about this all day. You have uh, a very long journey ahead of you. And I'm glad to hear that Gwen will be able to make that a little easier for you. Hmm. I do my best. Whether uh, Martella likes it or not, Felix is going to hug her. She gives you a hug back, just kind of that, like, careful, then. I have tons of needles and syringes in here. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, I had to figure out which she one I poked you with. Sorry. Just nothing. <laughs> nothing but needles. Here, take this yeah. antitoxin, just in case. <laughs> this poison route antitoxin. for Martella is so interesting, to be perfectly honest. Very... The sheer number of them she carries. <laughs> Jeez. Well, just keep working. You'll poke yourself with the antidote sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Felix. Again, best of luck to all of you, and uh, I suppose I will be in regular contact with you as often as I can, since I do know where you will be. Hmm. And in addition to that, um, hopefully you, all of you, and I, and the princess will be revisiting childhood memories in the Palace of Birdsong before the winters come. I can only hope. Yes, look forward to it. I mean, it's only right that we prank Bartleby even worse this time. 
This is a prank, right? We're pranking you out of your it's house. It's just a Goodbye. prank, bro. You've been punked. Yeah, I think we're trying to, to talk bro. a little bit in code since we're not in the privacy yeah, of yeah. the room anymore. I, know, I was just thinking about how funny it is. It's just a prank. She smiles, bids all of you farewell. Uh, it does provide you with another skull tube that does include uh, all the paperwork and all the rest of that stuff. She kind of collected all the papers, but this is all the legal documentation that you had previously. Ooh, reading it also materials. includes uh, a little bit more like legal material for uh, all of you to read over. So oh, curiously, wasn't there uh, back at the gala? Wasn't one of the things that I think Verity poked uh, her nose into a list of different um, genealogies, genealogies and yeah. such for yes. us. So yes. she was working on it way back then. Apparently it was for us. Yeah, we just didn't know at the time. Yeah, but, well, yeah. yeah, it was all about the Tandak prefecture. And so it was interesting. Yeah. We were like, what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Interesting. It all comes together, doesn't it? Yes, yes uh-huh. it does. <laughs> I, was just, I was just curious. Very certainly takes the, uh, the tube and is going to be reading this in the carriage. I figure yep. uh, Felix is going to beg you to help her with that because she's like, holy crap, I'm in charge of a property now. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a vineyard. It's like that. Well, I know, but like it's her, like her first time to actually like get to like fix something without you know a safety net. I think it's going to be kind of cool. I'm excited. At the bottom of the stairs, um, you do see a fine black and silver carriage. It appears to be in very good condition, despite its age. Like it's ah, obviously like a 50 year old carriage or so, but it's been well maintained. The money went into buying the estate, not in getting the newest ride. Well, apparently the um, two of the servants rode here to bring you back in the carriage. So you're mm-hmm. going to guess this carriage is actually yours. Oh, maybe from the estate. If Lady Ellis Bettany has been dead for 10 years, God knows when she bought this carriage. True. So yeah, it might yeah, have true. just been sitting in a stable at the Look, the this is a classic carriage, it's okay? It's a classic. It's an old it's school. A yeah. It's a, yeah. So what you're saying is this isn't with the latest fashion and an extra 100 gold price tag on it. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> this is just classic. <laughs> We've got to pick up all of our horses and all of our items and get yeah. going. It, it is pulled by four sturdy horses. Um, although, again, all of these horses are obviously like draft horses. These are not uh, you would ride these in a battle. These are these are work horses, and all of them are a little bit older than uh, you would necessarily want, probably. Good you're making it easy on them. But at them. the same time, they look to be where, well taken care of. That's important. A man and a woman stand by the carriage. Uh, the man wears simple finery of uh, black and dark brown uh, with a thick beard, although well trimmed and maintained, and shoulder length hair that is salt and pepper. His beard, the chin portion of his beard and along his jawline is almost completely white, while his mustache is shockingly dark. Hmm giving him a very distinctive appearance. All right. The man steps forward and climbs his head. Behind him is a younger woman that has, there's something about her that there's a certain family resemblance between the two, despite the fact that she is obviously only in her maybe early 20s uh, with a fiery mane of red hair Mm. and piercing eyes and cheeks and nose covered in a, a swath of freckles. She wears much more you think comfortable clothing that looks more akin to what one would expect from a writer than necessarily uh, the, the gentleman driver. who seems to be more of the uh, refinery. But the man does step forward, bows at the waist as he looks over towards all of you as you approach, bowing first to Felix and then to each of you in turn. Good morning, my lady, my lords and ladies. Good morning. Good morning. I am Morel Delros. I will be your valet. He nods in the direction of uh, both Oliver and... Cornelius. Mm, appreciate it. Thank you. It is a pleasure to serve. It has been uh, some time since the Betany estate has had any ruling family. And Swanmere is being uh, uh, fixed up as we speak. 
Swanmere being the name of the house. Oh, you mean it's not called Betney Estate? Betney Estate is the entirety of the grounds, but Swanmere yeah. is the name of the house itself. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. Rachel gets to add Lady of Lady Swanmere. Lady of Swanmere. <laughs> um, we Delros have served the family of Betney for the last oh, five generations. We are pleased to continue to do so. Uh, I will, of course, be serving as valet to you. This is my daughter, Karina. He gestures back. The woman steps forward uh, and climbs her head, kind of gives all of you a, a smile. She doesn't quite like a her head or even curtsy in the way that like seems to be practiced in dealing with nobility. Hmm. How like, how, what age is she? She's like 20. So it's been 10 years since somebody lived in the house. Oh yeah. So she yeah. probably wasn't like actually serving whenever the last lady of the house was alive. Karina's my daughter. She smiles. It's a pleasure to meet all of you. And uh, I look forward to serving you. And uh, I will be your driver. Uh, in addition to that, I'm also promoted to stable master. Although since there aren't any stable hands, technically speaking, I think it's set by default. <laughs> <laughs> will you be taking any other horses with us? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, we have horses that are being stabled at all the king's horses. Hmm. Oh, I know where it is. Perfect. Uh, then I say we get underway. Of course. My father, Maron Delros, will be serving as your butler when we arrive. Uh, judging by the fact that this man is probably in his either late 40s or early 50s, you're not yeah, entirely dang. positive how old this uh, this butler is. As long as he's not like the creepy butler in the Laura Croft games, I'm good. <laughs> I'm yeah. crossing fingers for an Alfred. I'm already thinking mm -hmm. we need to hire some more people. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. definitely. I will be taking care of uh, you gentlemen on the road, and my daughter will be taking care of the ladies if you should need a lady's maid while we're traveling. My wife will be serving as your lady's maid once we've arrived. Right. Very well. And my sister will be our cook. Uh, her husband will be your footman. And their two children will be serving as your page and uh, scullery boy. Hmm. Sounds like you have everything in hand. It's a family affair. So cute. Uh, we'll be able to make all the introductions once we arrive, but uh, I imagine that we should probably set out soon. He turns, makes his way back, uh, opens up the door to uh, help all of you into said carriage. Alrighty. Uh, loading into the carriage, uh, Again, Karina makes her way up to the other uh, cap, takes the reins, begins to lead the horses. You stop by the uh, inn and pick up any last minute. Well, I mean, pick up your bags, basically, which you left yeah. there until you're prepared. Yeah. We finished packing, basically. For Oliver at the very, probably Oliver and uh, Gwen and Verity. I'm sure once you see that Morel uh, seems to have an injured shoulder and so somewhat difficulty of loading all of your stuff up into your carriage, I'm not sure if, uh, again, the staff on hand at the inn also helps, but I don't know. If, sure, uh, but I'm fine with helping out. Those of you who are taller and can more easily secure this to the top of the carriage because it's going to be lining the top of your carriage as you go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to help out. At which once you stop by the exit to the city of which the uh, horses are uh, tied to basically a lead to the back of the carriage. And the what carriage kind of horses did out. you two get, the boys? I didn't get one because I couldn't afford one. Oh. <laughs> uh, I got a uh, Talden, oh, geez. Punch Talden horse? Punch. Talden punch. Punch horse. Yeah, That's I got a Talden got. punch horse. Although mine, I think, is in chubby. much uh, better yeah, shape yours than yours. Yours is not chubby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine is chubby. I specifically got a war-trained um, heavy version, so probably more muscly. Yeah, Gwen has a white... Uh, Shire, that's a heavy war horse. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't so that the we... biggest horse? Yes. Goodness. Yeah. I have the smallest horse because I got a light combat trained horse. Or I've had. I've had them. Although mine also has barding now. Oh, I didn't get barding. I didn't either. 
Yeah, I, I, I've sprang for padded barding. It's better than nothing. I'll get barding if it feels necessary when we get to town. Mm. The next town. I just needed an easy to, to deal with horse because I don't have any ride. Fair enough. <laughs> I suppose if um, you are taking a second to open up that scroll, kind of look over the contents and oh, all yeah, the rest of sure. that. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to establish a couple of things here real quick. The paperwork... Uh, Martell has provided you, establishes uh, Felix Espire as the second cousin once removed of the Lady Ellis Bettany. That is fairly close. Felix's great-grandfather, Count uh, Felio Espire, had five children. His youngest daughter, Sienna, married Lord Morris Bettany, the last heir of the Bettany family that had only one child, Lady Ellis Bettany. So in short, Felix's great-grandfather was grandfather to Ellis. Mm. Okay. Oh. So that's actually a pretty close relationship. That's, yeah, that's not bad of a relationship. Okay. Lady Ellis of uh, House Betney, Tribune of Statues, died nearly a decade ago in the winter of 4708. In fact, mm. this winter will be the 10-year anniversary. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Is this going to be a haunted estate? <laughs> oh, yes. man. No, it can't be haunted. The, that that's whole family kind of lives awesome there. and also terrible because we have to deal with stuff. Maybe she doesn't manifest before them because they're her servants, so she's fine with them. Maybe. Okay. Maybe you'll have to ask them if there's have there been any it might weird be things. <laughs> Good gracious. No one goes to the West Wing. No, no. Don't go in the Red Room. Uh, from what you understand, uh, she never married and had no heirs. Okay. Uh, the Bettany Estate, also known as Swanmere, uh, stands atop a low hill overlooking the nearby hamlet of Statues. Cute. Felix's new title as Lady of Swanmere also makes her the Tribune of the uh, City of Statues. Okay. Uh, this invests her, as well as those that she appoints as her um, advisors, with the power and responsibility to act not only as the community's mayor, but also the legal guardian and judge in all crimes that are committed oh. uh, and all legal disputes that take place inside of statues. Uh, in addition to that, it also applies to a portion of the South Casimir Highway, extending a distance of about 10 miles. Oh, we should make that highway great. Yes. Mm. Fix all the potholes. And put up a sign that says, now entering statues. Like, Pro like proudly <laughs> yeah. prepared by statues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this highway adopted by yeah. La Lady Zespire. <laughs> Just down the way, you'll get the uh, the county's best pie. <laughs> well, we'll open a Bucky's. That's how you do it here in the oh, south. No. Oh, no. Build a Bucky's. No. <laughs> We're not building a Bucky's. It's a heck of a stable. Um, included in here, the paperwork briefly details the Bettany family history. Hmm. Oh, but you can, you know, read over while you're getting everything ready. This dates back to the Shining Crusade, 900 years ago. Hmm. Nice. Uh, the Bettany family were not nobles, but vassal knights of the noble house Sendaris. Uh, when the last of the Sendaris line fell in battle against the forces of the Whispering Tyrant, his squire took up his blade and fought off the undead until he could drag his lord to safety. Hmm. Wow. After the battle, dying of his wounds, the Baron granted all his lands and titles to his squire, Elrin Bettany. Wow. 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 Nice. Upon his return to Taldor, the Grand Duke of the Tendak Prefecture refused to recognize the transfer of lands and titles, as it was not witnessed by any person of noble blood. Ah, oh, rude. As a consolation, Elrin Bettany was granted the title of Lord and allowed a small portion of the land that should have been his, oh, containing okay. little more than a swamp, a copse of trees, <laughs> and a simple tower. I understand. I mean, that. It's better I than mean, nothing, but yeah, still. Very rude. I, I wondered how he managed to get the worst parts of this uh, this area. <laughs> Clean living. Yeah. He gets all of the like, marshlands. The Lord built a small town, statues, and subsequent generations actually drained the swamps huh. and made the town successful. Oh, okay. Over the cool. last nine centuries, a few Bettany scions accomplished uh, some great deeds. 
uh, whose stories are still told, either by serving the military or as knights errant. Uh, over time, the family passed into obscurity, and with the passing of Lady Ellis, is now extinct. Aww. The town of Statues and the Betany Estate are part of the uh, Voynum Barony in Merrick County, and so as the Betany heir, um, your direct superior is Baroness Adela Voynum. Okay. As a landholding noble of Merrick County, however, technically speaking, this extends to all of you. All of you. Uh, you have rights as stewards to the Lothedes, most notably the right to request an audience with Bartleby Lothed, if you so choose to do so. Hmm. Uh, what does Verity get taking 10 on her profession? If it's not about documents, a 17. What if it is about documents? Uh, 19. Uh, so looking this over, there is an important note here, which is the fact that uh, this document provides you rule which extends solely to your lands. Openly taking any action outside of your own domain is dangerous unless done subtly or with mm -hmm. the invitation of the nobles of the other ter territories. So, for instance, you know, if you decided, hey, we're riding along and we were attacked by bandits, yes, you can defend yourself, defeat the bandits and all the rest of that sure. stuff. However, if you learn that there are bandits plaguing a portion of the county that is under another lord's protection. You need their permission. You need their permission yeah. to act. That makes sense. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Or you need to pull down some hoods right there in the middle of the night and deal with it without anyone knowing. Mm. Mm. Well, um, however, you're also trying to. Yeah. We're trying to. We're trying to get some uh, yeah. some good credibility. Is like yeah. you know making things better. Mm -hmm. We need to do that in the open. One quickly. Yes. Hoods off. <laughs> but I suppose then, you collect your bags. You collect your horses. You set off out of the Lion's Gate, heading north, and west, into the Aporos Prefecture, to make your way to the Palace of Birdsong, and your new lands. I will pick it up here next time. <laughs> oh man! Alrighty. Man, this sounds First like a get, really cool knighted, mission. We get some property, man. We're moving yeah. on up. <laughs> My husband's probably gonna be like, "Wait, what? What are you doing? I got new lands, babe. We got new lands. Great. <laughs> it's only a hundred miles away from home yep. in a swamp. <laughs> we're gonna Woo. make this swamp into something amazing. You yep, just we're gonna watch. have to drain the swamp. That's true. Hey, I uh, live in a swamp. We know. I know how to work with swamps. It's a fixer-upper, so, yeah. you know, we, we've got our work cut out for us. I was going to, I will say, again, I think I mentioned this before. I know I mentioned this to Ross, that, again, this book is the one that sold me on this AP. Oh. This concept of, like, going in, having your noble estate, minor spoiler here, literally having that thing, like, that I love from, like, the Dragon Age games, especially Inquisition, where you get to sit on the throne and people bring you problems and they're like, this person stole my horse. It's like, I didn't steal your horse. You never paid me back for the horse. And then having to go, okay, well, what do I judge on this? How do I like, Delightful. What, you know, that sort of thing. I love that. I love a mechanic where you guys are playing nobles and it's, you're literally going to have tea time with people so that you can make yes. inroads to start like solving problems that you can't just ride in with your sword in hand and solve every issue. We're going to dip diplomatize the heck out of this. I yeah. honestly do think that like, in a second edition sort of setup, like they could make a three book adventure path out of doing something like this. Oh, it's, for sure. it's kind of a much more condensed and personal version of the idea of Kingmaker. Hmm. Cool. And I love that. I think this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm mm -hmm. really looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to all of that, getting you guys in there, but Let's we'll have go. to wait till next time to do that. True. Uh, in the meantime, though, we do want to take an opportunity, um, again, while our, our noble scions here, our Knights of Summer, do have their uh, their support and all the rest of that stuff in the form of uh, Princess Utropia, giving up everything that she has to buy them this opportunity. Seriously. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> wow. That shows some pretty epic trust in us, and uh, we got to live yeah. up to that. She puts a lot of faith in us. That's true. Yep. Uh, we do not have that, though. We do have our own patrons, however, that do support <laughs> us. 
Yes. Um, and show a lot of faith in us by deciding that it is worth giving us uh, $5 a month to listen to uh, Tyrant's Press, which I arguably believe is 100% true. Very true. And of course, we do like to thank all of you for your continued patronage, your continued support. Um, and without you, we could not be doing this. It'd be uh, difficult to, to have this entire rescuing of this entire county. Mm-hmm. And we do want to take an opportunity to thank a couple of them by name. Uh, mm. And so I guess I'll go ahead and start that off. And I would like to thank... Jim Cave. Thanks, Thank you, Jim. Jim. Thank you, Jim. Right. Thank Thank you, you, Jim. Jim. Sure, it's yeah. a different Jim. Also Cave. That always yeah, makes me think Cave Johnson. Cave Johnson. I, I was just <laughs> thinking Cave Johnson. Cave Why Johnson. can't you lemons? Lemons! Anyway, Portal 2. Go play it. It's great. Very cool. Yes. Uh, I would like to thank Nicholas Crop II. Ooh, Ooh, a second. A second. A second. Appreciate yeah, it, Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. Such a noble name. Absolutely. And I would th- like to thank Tarl Johnson, a.k.a. Bo. Oh, hey, Bo. Well, thank you, Bo. Appreciate thank you, Bo. it. Tarl's also a cool name. True. I would like to thank Brad Morgan. Thank Thanks, you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it, Brad. I know a lot of good Morgans. It's a good, mm. strong name. <laughs> uh, and I would like to thank Daniel Baird. Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank All you, Daniel. Right. Thank you. Daniel Dan is Appreciate getting it, really, really big. We oh, you weren't even here for the last three one. in our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had a Dan and a Daniel, and we only had three names in the last episode. But Baird makes great bread, so I'm hoping this is of Mrs. Baird. I hope you are part of the Baird family and are are, are, are doing well with your bread conglomerate. Are we being backed by the bread empire that is Baird? You know what? I do love me some bread. I I would be okay. Bread is delightful. Mm, Rachel Rachel has an obscene love of Mm. bread. I do. I love pretzels so so much. Rachel and I got really, and Ross and I got really good pretzel bites yesterday. Delicious. Jess and I were talking about how we were jealous that you guys got pretzels and we didn't think of doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We walked right by it. Y'all went the other way. Well, we walked the other place. That's what you get. Uh, I would like to thank Abram Del Bell Belluse. Uh, That's a really cool name. That's a cool name. That is a very cool name. Yeah. We appreciate you, your support, Abram. Abram. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. Abram. And I would like to take the opportunity also to thank our Find the Paths Here patrons. And this includes Andrew Miller and her, Braden Worrell, Elliot Brown, who has been a, a new addition to our oh, uh, Find the Paths Here oh, patrons. Thank so thank you, oh, Elliot. Welcome. Thank you. Eric and Lisa Junker, Gary S., Ian Date, Jessica Vetterly. Jim C., Joshua Saldana, Kevin Etterfe, Louis Ellis, Siren Roll, and TJ Kahn. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate all the help. Seriously. But yes, so thank you all, and uh, definitely, definitely tune in next time as we have uh, have a little overland journey, and then we're going to start really getting into all of the the politicking, the the infrastructure of uh, Merritt County. Jousts. I'm looking forward to some jousts. We're going to fulfill my A Knight's Tale dream. This is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next time to uh, to see how the adventures go, and until next time. Good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck. The first part of this just ends up being a tournament arc where you guys are all fighting in the joust together against Uh. one another. So it's just finally (laughs) like a rematch between Verity and Oliver. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we'll see. Cornelius doesn't want to die, so he will not be participating.
Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.